You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Ukraine is asking for anyone that can to grab a weapon and fight, and New Jersey officials are set to update mask mandates. Here is your national news recap for the week of February 20th. A classified in-person briefing regarding Russia's invasion of Ukraine will be presented to Congress next week. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi revealed the news Thursday. Pelosi said Russia will face a harsh economic and diplomatic response from the U.S. and its allies. She called the invasion an attack on democracy, noting it will result in a devastating loss of life. President Biden addressed the nation after Russia invaded Ukraine. His address came as Russian military forces continue pounding targets in Ukraine after getting the go-ahead from President Vladimir Putin overnight. Biden is rallying international support as the leaders of the U.K., France, and Germany all have condemned the attack. President Biden is promising the world will hold Russia accountable. Biden said his prayers are with the people of Ukraine as they suffer an unprovoked and unjustified attack by the Russian military forces. He said the premeditated war will bring a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. Biden noted he met with G7 counterparts on Thursday morning and then will tell American people what consequences the U.S. and its allies will impose on Russia. The White House is reiterating that sanctions announced against Russia will have minimal impact on the U.S. economy. Deputy National Security Advisor Dalip Singh said they were designated that way. He explained that Vladimir Putin will face the brunt of cost for paying the war he has launched on Ukraine. Singh believes sanctions announced Thursday show that the U.S. and its allies are following through on its word and added Russia's borrowing costs skyrocketed and its money plummeted in value on Thursday. The three men in connection with the Ahmaud Arbery case have been found guilty in a federal hate crime trial in Georgia. The men were already convicted of chasing and shooting Arbery two years ago while he was jogging. The hate crime charges carry a maximum penalty of life in prison. Nine people are safe after a southeast Texas oil rig fire. The Coast Guard rescued the workers Thursday after flames broke out at the rig at a Sabine Pass shipyard near Port Arthur. It is not known what the cause of the fire was, but explosions were also reported. No injuries have been reported. As COVID-19 cases start to drop, so are the masking rules around California. L.A., Mendocino, and Santa Clara counties are poised to loosen their masking requirements, while most of the other parts of the state already allow vaccinated people to drop their masks in indoor settings. Even K-12 schools may be able to make masking optional. The state's top medical professional, Dr. Mark Gailey, said the masking was never designed to be there forever. However, it is still strongly recommended to wear masks in crowded settings. A lawsuit between Pfizer and a former employee in San Diego is dismissed. A federal judge dismissed the suit at the request of the pharmaceutical giant 
and Chim Chow Lee, the now former employee. Pfizer filed the lawsuit back in November, accusing Lee of downloading sensitive documents, including medical research, for the company's COVID-19 vaccine from the company's systems. Lee was ordered to cooperate with investigators and not share the information she had obtained or destroy any devices. But Lee deleted all the files from her Google Drive account because she said she never meant to download them. Lee also claimed the documents did not have medical research data. She has since resigned from the company. MTA officials are proposing subway platform barriers as a pilot program to improve safety. The program discussed at the MTA board meeting Thursday would mean the installation of platform edge doors at the number 7 train in Times Square, the L train on 3rd Ave, and the E train at Jamaica Station. This comes a little over a month after a woman was shoved onto the tracks and hit and killed by an oncoming train at the Times Square subway station. The head of the MTA says it would cost more than $100 million and take a few years to complete. The Parental Rights in Education bill, dubbed by opponents as the Don't Say Gay bill, has cleared the Florida House. The vote was 69 to 47. The measure prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. The bill's sponsor said it would allow broad life discussions to continue. The Senate's version of the bill has yet to be heard in the Appropriations Committee. Washington Governor Jay Inslee will end the vaccine requirements for large events on March 1st. It will no longer be required to show proof of vaccination or proof of a negative COVID-19 test for large indoor or outdoor events. Inslee has also changed the guidance for visiting long-term care facilities to align with federal Medicare and Medicaid services guidance. First partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom is announcing the release of Planting the Seed, a farm-to-school roadmap for success. The report looks to promote the expansion of farm-to-school programs across California to advance child well-being, equity, economic growth, and environmental resilience. In a statement, Governor Gavin Newsom said this is one step forward to providing children with not only free meals but with healthy, nutritious, and locally grown meals. Planting the seed will allocate funding for the programs, develop optional K-12 food standards, strengthen relationships between schools and producers, and create inclusive access to school food markets. The parents of an alleged Michigan school shooter will stand trial. District Court Judge Julie A. Nicholson said James and Jennifer Crumbly will go to trial on involuntary manslaughter charges. Nicholson said after hearing extensive testimony as well as evidence, the court finds that the deaths of the four victims could have been avoided if the Crumblies exercised ordinary care and diligence in the care of their son. The shooting at Oxford High School last November left four students dead and six students and one teacher wounded. The Crumbly parents have pleaded not guilty, and their 15-year-old son, Ethan, has been charged with four counts of murder as an adult. Ethan Crumbly has also pled not guilty. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Ukraine Defense Minister says anyone can now join the country's defense forces fighting the Russian military. He made that comment on Facebook on Thursday morning and called on anyone who is ready and able to hold a weapon to join the Ukraine's defense. Russian President Vladimir Putin launched a military invasion in East Ukraine on Wednesday. On Facebook, the Ukrainian defense minister wrote, The enemy is attacking, but our army is invincible, and called for death to Russian occupiers. Archaeologists are unearthing the largest Romanian mosaic 
discovered in London in at least half a century. The Museum of London Archaeology discovered the mosaic they believed were part of the dining room close to the London Bridge. It believed to date back to the late 2nd or 3rd century. It's similar to a mosaic found in German, suggested it was worked on the same traveling artist. The museum director said the mosaic is most likely to go on public display. Heavy explosions are being heard near Ukraine's capital of Kyiv. This comes after U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says that he's convinced Moscow will try to overthrow Ukraine's government. Speaking on the ABC World News tonight, Blinken said that he doesn't need intelligence to tell him that Russian President Putin is trying to reconstitute the Soviet Empire. Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky said earlier Thursday that he is Russia's number one target while his family is target number two. He claims Russia wants to destroy his country by destroying the head of state. Zelensky and his family are now in an undisclosed location. Queen Elizabeth is canceling her virtual engagements for the day as she deals with mild symptoms of COVID. That's according to Buckingham Palace, which announced over the weekend that the 95-year-old had the virus. CNN reports that the Queen's engagements over the coming week will be decided upon closer to time. But the palace says that she will continue with light duties that likely refers to her responsibilities of sorting through and answering documents and letters. Japan is expecting to join another Western country in imposing sanctions against Russia, including a ban on exports of computer chips and other technologies. According to various Japanese media reports, Tokyo is also considering tighter restrictions on Russian banks. Japan has typically taken a lighter stance against Moscow since it buys natural gas from its neighbors. And it has been negotiating with Putin over the return of several islands that have been occupied by Russia since the end of World War II. Researchers say that they've observed the largest rogue wave on record, also known as killer waves. The rare occurrence off Canada's coast is being hailed a once-a-century event. The 58-foot-tall monster wave that hit Vancouver Island coast in November 2020 was roughly the height of four-story building. According to scientists, the lead author studying the wave says it was likely the most extreme rogue wave ever recorded. Experts say studying the killer waves can help scientists better understand the forces behind them and their potential impacts. By tracking and analyzing the unusual events, maritime safety could be improved and coastal communities better protected. The holder of 12 other national world records is celebrating breaking yet another one. Brennan Kebbles from Queensland, Australia, broke the Guinness World Record for the tallest stack of M&Ms. He stacked six M&Ms to break the previous record of five. A stack of M&Ms needs to be a freestanding and stand for at least 10 seconds to be eligible for the set record. Kelby said that he previously tied the record when it stood at four M&Ms back in June of last year. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. A trial date has been set for Baltimore City State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby. At a court appearance in front of a federal judge recently, Mosby's trial date was set for May the 2nd. That will come after a motions hearing will be held in April. Mosby is facing federal perjury charges and making false statements on a loan application. She has maintained her innocence and claims that she has done nothing illegal. Mosby's defense team recently filed motions to have the case dismissed. The judge has given the prosecution until early March to file a rebuttal to the defense motion to dismiss the case. A man is under arrest for pouring gasoline inside a North Bergen, New Jersey barbershop recently. Police say the man was upset over the raised price of a haircut his father received at the Zone barbershop, along with the cleanliness of the tools used, and also alleges his father was threatened with a pair of scissors. 
Cops say 30-year-old North Bergen resident Umberto Benegas faces serious charges, including causing widespread injury and criminal mischief. They also want him to receive a mental health evaluation after being released. The investigation is ongoing. A Florida man is facing eight years in prison for falsely promising a young girl from Monmouth County, New Jersey, a career in modeling. In 2017, 31-year-old Joseph Germain contacted a girl living in Brielle, claiming he would give her $50,000 and help her start her modeling career. He managed to convince the victim to send him explicit images and videos of herself, threatening he would post the content online if she stopped sending it. The victim never received any payments, but did receive an influx of threatening messages. Monmouth County prosecutors believe there are more victims and urge them to come forward. The Maryland Attorney General's office is releasing the name of an Anne Arundel County teen who was killed in an officer-involved shooting recently. The AG's office's 18-year-old Donald Rochester of Odenton was shot and killed after he struck an officer with his vehicle in northeast Baltimore. Police were called to the scene to investigate a report of a robbery when the suspect jumped back into his vehicle and accelerated towards the officers. The officers who opened fire on the vehicle are identified as Officer Robert Mowry and Officer Connor Murray. Members of the New Jersey National Guard are heading to Washington, D.C. They'll be assisting officers with a truckers' protest at the Capitol, similar to what happened in Canada where truckers protested vaccine mandates. Metro police call for backup from the tri-state area, and over 100 NYPD officers are also heading to D.C. to assist. Ocean City's ban on topless sunbathing women will stand. This after the U.S. Supreme Court declined a challenge to the Maryland Beach Town's ordinance preventing women from going topless in public. Several women sued the city over the ordinance that prevents women, but not men, from going bare-chested. A lower court ruled the law does not violate the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. A Jackson, New Jersey man is admitting to pushing another man off the second-floor balcony of a hotel. 23-year-old Stephen Adams pleaded guilty recently to aggravated assault in connection with the incident, which happened last November in Seaside Heights. Adams got into a fight with 42-year-old Chad Atwood in the parking lot of the Desert Palm Inn, and it escalated when they reached the second floor. Adams pushed Atwood over the railing of the balcony, causing him to suffer serious injuries that required him to be airlifted to Jersey Shore University Medical Center in Neptune. New Jersey officials are releasing mask guidance for schools and daycares once the state mask mandate expires for those settings in early March. The state's health commissioner, Judy Persichelli, is urging school districts and child care centers to consult with their local health departments on whether to put in a universal mask policy. State officials recommend masks during elevated periods of coronavirus transmission, during an active outbreak, and for children returning from quarantine. Governor Murphy is leaving it up to local officials to decide on mask mandates once the state mandate expires. A 16-year-old boy in Maryland has turned himself into police in connection with the murder of a DoorDash driver in January. Police say the teen surrendered to them recently and is facing charges of first-degree murder. Police say they were able to identify the shooter in the case by interviewing witnesses and reviewing several video cameras in the area of the murder. I'm Sam Welland, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. Three engineers who met at Rowan University's Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering while judges Monday night with their proprietary drone swarm technology on NBC's premiere of America's Got Talent Extreme. Verge Ariel told national television audience about how the engineers' early days at Rowan University where they spent hours long experimenting with drones. Then they launched a highly technical light show 30 stories high above the show judges and a live audience. Their drones flew undilating 3D patterns of light, a rainbow wave, swirls, and stars, and then a map of the United States that transformed into a show logo. 
Cal's approval means that Verge Arrow will appear on the show's finale, where the teens will compete against six other winners for $500,000 in grand prizes and the ultimate title, the Champions of America's Got Talent Extreme. Unlike earlier seasons, voting in this four-week competition is not open to the public. The final vote will be determined by a select group of superfans from around the country. The series airs on Mondays at 8 p.m. on NBC. Rowe University Society of Women Engineers is hosting a series of workshops for middle school students with the goal of increasing interest in diversity in the engineering field. With the help of grants awarded by the Engineering Information Foundation and PSEG Nuclear, one of the goals is to expose the students to different engineering disciplines. In their last workshop, students created a pneumatic crane, which introduced them to mechanical engineering, as well as a polymer bouncy ball, which introduced them to chemical engineering. Participants also hear from engineering professionals who join each session to answer questions, discuss their careers, and share personal experiences. The next workshop will be held virtually on March 26th and the 27th and in person on May 21st and 22nd. For registration information, contact Bowers at Rowan.edu. Once again, reporting your Rowan News, I'm Kariah Bennett. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Roan University winter sports are rolling along and into playoff action. Starting with the Rowan men's and women's basketball teams, the Rowan women's basketball team fell in their semifinal matchup in the NJAC playoffs to New Jersey City University by a final score of 83-79. to For NJCU, Damaris Rodriguez had a double-double, scoring 25 points and dishing out 10 assists in the game. As for the profs, guards Grace Marshall and Nicole Mallard each had 20 points in the defeat. The women's basketball team finishes the season with a 17-9 overall record. Moving along to the Rowan men's basketball team, they will be moving on to play for an NJAC championship against Stockton today on the road. On Thursday night, the Profs defeated Rutgers-Newark in a close game, 72-69. Marcellus Ross was the leading scorer for the Profs, putting up 20 points and grabbing 7 rebounds. The Profs will look for their first NJAC title since the 2018-19 season against Stockton University. To the Rowan men's indoor track and field team, they recently won their 7th straight NJAC title, and I was able to catch up with freshman runner Sean Eisenhower to get what his thoughts were on the 7th straight victory. Fresh off their 7th NJAC victory in a row, I am here with Sean Eisenhower, track runner for the Rowan Profs track and field team. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Nick. All right, so we got to get into it. Uh, This is your first season. You're a freshman. Uh, You go into this year, you're a cross-country runner. You now have indoor track, and you win for the 7th time in a row. Being a part of that for the first time, what was that experience like for you uh, to celebrate with your teammates that NJAC title? Oh, man, it was definitely awesome, it, you know, to come right in uh, freshman year just to be on a successful track team like Rowan. And um, 
all the guys, you know, we understand that we're accountable for each other. And when it all comes together and you are rewarded with a NJAC champ championship, it's uh, it's really special. You know, you ran the DMR in, in the NJAC. Uh, what was that like? That's an interesting race, running that relay, uh, getting to run it in, in that big of a, an event. I mean, can you tell me what that was like for you as as a freshman? Yeah, well, um, you know, a lot was running through my mind uh, while I was waiting for my leg. I was the uh, 1600 leg. So I was That's the last rough. leg. That's yeah, rough. definitely. <laughs> yeah. And um, the 800 runner, uh, Jake Colja, he put me in a good spot when I got the baton. And, um, you know, I just took off. I tried to hold the lead. Unfortunately, you know, we ended up coming in third place, which um, we still scored points. We'll definitely take that. With that, I am Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. <laughs> with your Rowan Report business update. Planet Fitness gyms are seeing more Gen Z customers sign up than before the COVID pandemic. Preteens and teenagers are getting their first gym memberships as the fastest growing demographic for Planet Fitness memberships this year. The company's CEO said that can be attributed to school activities and sports being on pause, as well as malls and movie theaters still being closed in some cities. The trend is continuing this year, despite many kids heading back to school. Google is preparing for employees to return to its San Francisco area office. Employees received an email this week from Google Real Estate and Workplace Services VP David Radcliffe stating some of the company's COVID testing, social distancing, and masks requirements are being lifted. The email also noted that perks such as massages will also become available once again. The company will soon require most employees to work in office at least three days a week for the first time in nearly two years. The numbers for California's cannabis tax revenue is in. Jordan Christmas has more. Today, California officials reported cannabis tax revenues for the fourth quarter of 2021. According to the Department of Tax and Free Administration, total cannabis tax revenue from the fourth quarter was a little over $308 million. That number includes the state's cannabis excise tax, the cultivation tax, and the sales tax. Since January of 2018, the total cannabis tax revenue in California to date is nearly $3.5 billion. Jordan Christmas, NBC News Radio. The richest person in the world is accusing President Biden of ignoring his company. Tesla CEO Elon Musk claims other automakers are getting more attention. He told that to CNBC just two weeks after President Biden acknowledged Tesla as the nation's largest producer of electric vehicles. The White House again praised the company yesterday, but said there are no plans to invite Musk to any meetings with corporate leaders. Musk also runs SpaceX. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Service. Tom Brady is already planning his next move after retiring from football. Brady will produce and act in a football-themed road trip movie called 80 for Brady. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Sally Field will star in the project that's being created by Paramount Pictures. The film will tell the story of four best friends who are New England Patriots fans that take a trip to see Brady play in Super Bowl 51. Production is set to begin this spring. Jennifer Lawrence is a mother. TMZ reported on Wednesday that the Oscar-winning actress had given birth to her first child in L.A. County, but did not say when exactly. Lawrence married art dealer Cook Maroney in 2019. 
in an announcement for the Spider-Man No Way Home digital release on March 22nd and the 4K and Blu-ray release on April 12th, the stars of the $1.8 billion film Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire recreated the infamous Spider-Man pointing meme from the popular Spider-Man 1960s cartoon. The picture broke the internet with Tom Holland's post on Instagram hitting almost 20 million likes. Elton John had to make an emergency landing after his private jet suffered hydraulic failure at an altitude of 10,000 feet. The 74-year-old singer was en route from England to New York on Tuesday when the plane made a U-turn over the Atlantic Ocean and headed back to the UK. A report in The Sun says John's jet was buffeted by 80-mile-an-hour winds on the way back, making landing difficult. The jet was finally able to land on its third attempt, Elton John was reportedly shaken by the ordeal, but caught a later flight to New York for a gig at Madison Square Garden. A new photo has been released from the upcoming Weird Al Yankovic movie. Yankovic posted an image on Tuesday of actor Daniel Radcliffe dressing as the comedy singer and playing an accordion. In his caption, Yankovic said, Don't worry, we had security throw him out. The biopic Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story is in production now for the Roku channel. Kim Kardashian says in new court filing that social media posts by estranged husband Kanye West caused her emotional distress. TMZ reports Kardashian told a judge that West, now known as Ye, has ignored her request to keep details of their divorce private. She said that has now prevented them from being able to have a healthy co-parenting situation. Kardashian added that Ye's posts include misinformation about their private matters. Filmmaker Sean Penn is in Ukraine to film a documentary about Russia's invasion of that country. Ukraine's government said Penn is displaying a courage and honesty in capturing the conflict. Penn was seen sitting on a press briefing held by government officials in Kyiv. Officials say he spoke with members of the Ukrainian military and journalists. Ukraine's president said more people like Penn in the country showing what's happening will help stop Russia sooner. Netflix is announcing a premiere date for the final episodes of its hit show, Ozark. The drama series' final seven episodes will premiere on April 29th. The first part of Season 4 debuted at number one on the streaming platform, with 77 million hours viewed in just three days. Season 4 Part 1 of Ozark followed Marty and Wendy Bird, played by Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, working toward ending their family's association with the Mexican cartel. An ominous trailer on what's to come was released by Netflix. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.